2: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
0: Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn.
3: I'm Ryan Zook.
0: And I'm Aaron McMahon. On this special episode, we interview John Jansen, a former All-American offensive lineman at Michigan, and the new color commentator for Michigan Football Radio Broadcast. John joins us to not only discuss his new gig, but the 2022 Wolverine's we talk about the quarterback battle, the new faces on defense, and of course, the offensive line. A wide-ranging interview with John Jansen
1: is coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, John, th- thanks for joining us. You've probably seen more of Michigan practice than any of us. Uh, the quarterback battle is obviously the hot topic right now. Uh, you got the incumbent with Cade McNamara. you got J.J. McCarthy fighting for the job. Jim Harbaugh has called it neck and neck. What have you seen? How have you seen both of them kind of improve on their strengths? Who do you see kind of come out of this battle as a starter? It's,
2: it, it's going to be a tight battle, um, just like Jim Harbaugh mentioned. But uh, And I'm not going to bore you guys with everything that, that I know your listeners already know, that you guys know the the pros and cons of each as of last year. But there's two things that I think are are going to be true and people will see. The first for Cade McNamara is simply going to be the fact that he's much more accurate and comfortable going down the field. He's got a a great group of receivers. Uh, Obviously, Ronnie Bell back. We saw what that meant to him early on in that first game last year before Ronnie went down. Uh, But to be able to stretch the defense, um, that's one thing that I really wanted Cade to continue to improve on. it's, It's not that he couldn't do it, but it's much more comfortable for him and he's much more accurate going downfield. We know he can operate this offense and make really good decisions. That's that's not something that's ever been in question or should be debated. Um, and he knows when to get rid of the football. He doesn't care about incompletions, if he has to throw the ball away or if he has to take a sack. There are times where, hey, it's the smart decisions to take a sack. Cade McNamara is going to always make the right decision. It's a matter of being... Making this offense more explosive, getting downfield, he's much better at that. And JJ, um, you know, for him, there's, there's, I mentioned there's only two things. There's two things for for JJ, and it's becoming comfortable in the offense. I don't expect him. Nobody expects him to get to where Cade is in terms of mastering the offense. That would be ideal. I don't think that's that's a reality, but becoming comfortable operating this offense. And he is he's much more comfortable and confident operating the offense, getting guys in and out of the huddle, knowing what personnel groups are supposed to be there. If a receiver is supposed to be on or off the ball, taking his time, slowing it down, making sure everybody is lined up before the snap of the ball, and then recognizing the defense. And and the other thing for him is it's a mental thing as well. We know he's got all the physical tools. It's Hey, am am I so confident that I think I can fit this ball into this very tight window or throw it into double coverage? It goes to his decision making. He's got to be able to master the office offense. And then when it's time to make those decisions, he's got to make the right decision on where the ball goes. It's okay to check down. It's okay to take a lesser play. Sometimes it's okay not to get a first down. It's a matter of making sure that at the end of of every play, at the end of every series, at the end of every possession, it's your choice to kick the ball away. Whether it's a kickoff because you guys scored a touchdown or it's a punt, all of those are better options than, than a turnover.
3: Excellent. Hey, John. Yeah. Congratulations on on the new gig and with you and Doug Carson, the new voices of Michigan, Michigan football. Yeah. I mean, a a lot of preparation I'm sure has gone into the summer preparing for this year. I mean, can you take us through what, uh, what the process has been like gearing up for, for your, your first season?
2: Uh, It's really just trying to be patient trying to get to that first game, Colorado State. I can't wait. Um, I know Doug is in the same boat. We're both very excited. And we've gone through the process of, of you know, like a dress rehearsal where we're watching, we're, we're calling a game in the studio in Ann Arbor. Just, uh, we've worked together on the pregame show for eight years. The the chemistry is there, but this is a different environment. So just working on the ins and outs when I got to get out for him to make his his pre-snap calls, uh, same thing for him, making sure we're not stepping on each other's toes. And uh, by no means do we expect for it to be perfect, but we expect for it to be a lot of fun and entertaining to those listening. And my preparation uh, individually really doesn't change much from what I've done in the previous years. I've I've had the great fortune of being able to step in uh, from time to time for Dan when uh, when he couldn't make it. And I've learned a lot over the past eight years from him, from other individuals that I've worked with. And knowing Michigan football, that's never going to be the issue for Doug and I. It's making sure that, you know, when we're in that first game against Colorado State, that we've got Colorado, uh, you know, locked in two, three de- deep in the depth chart. Same with Hawaii. And, you know, we get into the Big Ten. and. That's the beautiful thing about being a a home broadcast team is, you know, there's not a lot of turnover. There's always some new guys, but there's always carryover from year to year. You get a chance to grow with the with the teams, and obviously with Michigan as you know, as we get more experience in the job as well. So it's uh the prep has always been there. Now I just get a chance to, uh, you know, to be on the big stage with Doug.
0: John, this is Andrew. Uh, as far as the rehearsal, are you saying you guys would watch, you know, like an old, old game start to finish and, and do it as if you were calling it live?
2: Yeah. Sometimes it would start to finish. Sometimes we just call the first half, depending on how much time we had. I mean, we've obviously we both have uh very busy and active families and uh, I've got a lot going on with, uh, you know, at 97 one, as well as what I do in Ann Arbor. So, Yeah, we would, we'd hook up a game and call the first half. Uh, And, you know, it's Colin and Patrick and those guys over at Michigan Video have been very helpful in in getting us set up, allowing us to do that, recording it for us so we can listen back to it. Um, It's, we want to make sure that we don't, we're not going to be Jim and Dan. Um, You know, we're not going to be any of those guys that came before and we're not trying to be. We just want to live up to the expectation that is the two guys that are sitting in those chairs.
1: John, you're an offensive line guy. Do you do you think this Michigan offensive line could be better than last year? I mean, they they bring three starters back. They've got Oluella with Timmy coming in, Remington trophy finalist at center. Uh, do they, I mean, do they have the recipe to be better than they were?
2: They they have the recipe. They've got the components. Now it's a matter of can they gel? Olu came in, you know, obviously right before spring ball started what type of work and how much work did they get throughout spring ball, throughout, uh, you know, summer conditioning. uh, All of those things will aid in bringing that offensive line together because Olu is a much better athlete than Andrew Vistardis was. Um, There's no question about that, but Andrew Vistardis is one of the the smartest football players that I've ever been around. And then you look and you say, okay, well, if if Trente jones is the right tackle he's obviously a much better athlete you know than andrew stuber was last year so they have the ability and they have the components to be a better offensive line but how do you change two components of of that line and continue to improve it's there but it beco- it, it becomes about communication uh between olu and, and whoever the quarterback's going to be uh and the running back i mean it's it's a 11 man job of, of making sure everybody's in the right place, the right time quarterbacks got his role in making that happen. And the center plays a, a huge role in that as well.
3: John, I know we're jumping jumping around a little bit here, but I, I always like to ask this question because I think it varies a lot by person. When, when you're watching a play live, are you focusing some, on something specific like just the offensive line or the jumps of the wide receivers, the, the quarterback's eyes, or are you, or maybe a wide overview? Are you, or yeah, what, what are you looking for when you're watching a play?
2: Um, well, first I've got to know what the down and distance is. I've got to know where the ball is on the field, what hash, if it's in the center of the field, left, right, hash, um, what yard line it's on, and then I'll look and say, okay, well, what's the defense? What's you know, obviously down and distance will will give me a little bit of a cue as to what that is. But then the defense, how it's lined up, how the personnel is, what the offensive personnel is, will give you an idea of where the ball is going and and what to expect. And then once that happens. I'm watching, honestly, I'm watching the offensive line because they'll always tell me where the ball is going, um, if it's a pass, if it's a run fake. Uh, I can pick up a lot of those things um, from the offensive line's hats. And then at that point, it's a matter of, you know, when you're calling a game, it's no one really wants to know, oh, well, the right guard made a great block. If it was important, sure, that's that's valid. But you've got to be able to, des- to describe, you know, what the defensive look was, why the play was successful or wasn't successful, who did a good job at setting that play up and then the execution of it. And obviously everybody wants to know who caught the ball, um, who ran, who how, how many yards they got. That's all the play-by-play guy does. And, and then after that, it's, I mean, it's labeled the color analyst for a reason. I've got to paint that picture as to, for those that can't watch the game and they're listening, I want to be able to paint that picture in their mind, a full picture of who's on the field, where they're lined up, and what just happened.
3: Any plans of channeling your inner Tony Romo this year and trying to call plays before snaps?
2: Uh, that's you know what. Every once in a while, I get caught up in that, and it's it's fun to do. Um, but you know, heck, you're right half the time, you're wrong half the time, <laughs> and um, you know, in some of those key moments where it's a third and one, what does the coach do? Those are some of the times where I may give us some suggestions of what I think will happen. Uh, but I'm not, uh, uh, that's that, that's not my game. That's uh, I'll just, I'll put it like that.
1: <laughs> Back to the team, John, what do you think the offensive identity is going to be this year? Because I, I we saw last year, Michigan like to play between the chains and win the, win the line of scrimmage and run the football, especially, I, I assume that's going to be a big part of the offense this year. It's just, that's in Jim Harbaugh's DNA, but they keep talking up the, the receivers. Um, they've got a couple of pass catching tight ends. They can get outside, do you, do you think this offense is going to be a little more dynamic than what we saw in you know, the 2021 season?
2: This offense, um, I'll get back to the identity in just a minute, but this offense is only going to be limited by the creativity of the coaches and players. Um, they, they've got tools at every position. We talked about the offensive line. Um, you, know, you mentioned the receivers, but Andrew Anthony, I think, is going to have a big year. He's got to take a step forward. Uh, you've got Roman Wilson, Ronnie Bell obviously coming back as a leader of that group. It'll be interesting how they use two guys in AJ Henning and Mike Sanristill, uh, because Mike Sanristill is going to be a going on both sides of the ball. We'll probably see him more on defense, uh, but he's still going to have a presence there. And then you've got some dynamic playmakers coming in as freshmen. How do they sprinkle them in? give them some opportunity, especially early in those first three games? Um, So, yeah, I think they're going to have a chance to be very dynamic, very creative, and you mentioned Eric All. uh, I don't think there's a better athlete at tight end in the country. And then in the backfield, this is where I'm really excited about this offense. When you have your two lead backs in Blake Corum and uh, Donovan Edwards that can catch the ball out of the backfield, uh, if not better than they run the ball out of the backfield, it gives you another element instead of being, you know, two-dimensional with just the run and three-dimensional with just the, you know, passing to the receivers and tight ends. Now you add that fourth dimension, of being able to throw the ball to the, to the running backs, it's outstanding. And I know Blake is going to have a big year, um, both carrying the ball, catching the ball and on special teams. But I think this is, this is going to be the coming out party for Donovan Edwards. He is, he's a special athlete and he's one of the rare few that, that I see have, um, you know, that, that God given athletic ability that, that he didn't give everybody, but he gave it to, uh, to Donovan Edwards. And then he pairs it with a, an extreme desire to be the best at what he does.
3: John, how much do you think that that fans and people will be able to glean from these first three games this season? Obviously not a a tough non-conference schedule to begin the year, but is there certain things that, that you can still glean from and and see how things are operating? And when, when you were a player, how much did you pay attention to the schedule? And did you prefer some tougher non-conference games early in the year or, or what, what were your preferences there?
2: Uh, I loved playing at least one tough game uh, in in the non-conference, preseason, whatever you want to label it, because you've got to test yourself before you get the Big Ten. Um, And that's going to be the challenge for Michigan this year. Yeah, they've got Maryland to, to start things off, but it's another home game. It's one of the lesser teams in the Big Ten, Big Ten East. And then you've got to go on the road to Iowa, which is always a tough place to play. So early on, what I'm looking for is the results should all be there. Um, in terms of points scored you know and and obviously not letting up very many that's the obvious but it needs to be disciplined football by everybody that's out there it's not just the ones twos get in threes get in that's going to tell me how focused this team is you can't have you know you can't have 10 guys on the field you can't have 12 guys on the field the rules say you got to have 11 and and that's that's what we've got to see on the field every single time and that's on and off the field, special teams on and off the field with personnel groups on defense, same with offense. And then it's the snap count. Our, our, do we have an un, unreasonable amount of pre-snap penalties where guys are jumping off sides or they're flinching on defense? And those are some of the things that I'm looking for early on because it's going to tell me a lot about the focus and discipline of this team. So when they get into the Big Ten schedule, they don't go to Iowa and shoot themselves in the foot and give, you know, an Iowa offense that to me is going to be continue to be an inept offense. Don't give them the ball on their side of the field. Don't, you know, don't give them the ball in an advantageous position where, Hey, there's something fluky can happen. They score a touchdown. Now you're down seven, nothing. You don't want to be behind in that environment. So it's all, it all really comes down to the discipline of that team early on.
1: Speaking of the defense, we'll, we'll go to that side of the ball. A lot of talk about the edge rushers. You know, Michigan obviously loses Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo, and just a lot of production there just gone. You know, it seems like in the past, Michigan's lost star edge rushers, star pass rushers, and they've able they've been able to you know fill them uh, with somebody. Who do you think is in this next group of guys? Is that next standout guy? know, obviously, it may not happen this year. It may, um, but who who do you think is that next star to uh, on the edge position out of Michigan? Do you think?
2: Uh, I think. You're, I don't know that there's necessarily going to be a star. There's a couple of guys. Um, there's one guy that I think has all the makings of a star, and that's Julius Wellescoff. Um, But you've got to take what you do in the weight room, what you do uh, in, you know, in conditioning and in those drills. There's no better athlete. It, it is a total package than Julius is. Now you've got to find a way to take that, gain some confidence and execute and produce on the field. He's got that that unbelievable freakish ability. But then you look at some other guys that are well, more well-known in a Taylor Upshaw, uh, Jalen Harrell, uh, Mike Mortis. Braden McGregor is going to get some, uh, some play in there. Uh, Derek Moore, the young guy, I, I, I think he is built to be a terrific edge rusher. How much he is able to affect as a young guy, I'm not sure, but he's got long arms. He plays with a good angle, comes off with a really good first step. So there are guys that can help fill that void. Uh, but what I think this defense is going to provide, not necessarily the razzle-dazzle plays that you saw from Hutch or you saw from Wajabo. Um, but if it's third and long, maybe it doesn't end up in in a sack, but it ends up that, hey, there's four guys, maybe a linebacker bringing pressure, where it ends up being a, a you know quarterback is off, off his mark, he's throwing the ball off balance or off time, And it's an incomplete pass. The end result is the same. It's fourth down. Now you're going to have a punt. You just don't have that same razzle-dazzle moment that you had last year. So I think while it may not be as exciting of a defense to watch, it's still going to be a very, very productive and tough defense to to play against.
3: Uh, On a related note, then, what what do you think the strength of this defense will be?
2: Um, Linebackers. Um, I think when you look at it and it's all you know, starts and stops uh, right in the middle with Junior Colson, uh, I think he is poised to have himself a breakout year. He's bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, I think he's going to he could be a dominant linebacker. Um, then you look at the other guys, you got Nikai Hill Green, um, you know, who I think is going to have a big year. Uh, Khalil Mullings, I know they've, they've talked a lot about him. Um, it's just I think there's great opportunity at that linebacker position because they're very deep with athletes. Uh, like I mentioned, putting the pressure on the quarterback, maybe it doesn't come from just the front four, but it can also come from from some of those linebackers um, and and it could be schemed in as well. And then shooting the secondary, I'm curious the and I mentioned him earlier, Mike Sandra still. Uh, you know, Jim Harper, and I've seen it in practice, but things are different uh, in the big house. They're different on Saturdays. He hasn't played defense in a game up to this point. But what I'm seeing, I mean, he he looks really good on the defensive side of things. Will Johnson, uh, you know, how does he, you know, what type of play does he get as a freshman? He's a tremendous athlete. But I think the stud on the back end of this defense is going to be Rod Moore. Um, the way that he studies the way he prepares, uh, you know, everybody gave a lot of credit to uh, Mike McDonald last year, and, and they should, uh, for how well this defense was prepared and really ready for just about any situation. Rod Moore does that as a player, and coming on late last year, you know, he made a big hit uh, at the end of the the Penn State game, but really those last three or four games, I thought he was playing as good a football as you could ever expect a freshman to play, and I know he didn't have spring ball because he was still recovering from the season, but I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a really good football player on the back end.
1: All right, let's let's wrap with a prediction here. We mentioned the the soft non-conference schedule. They get Michigan State and, and Penn State at home. Obviously, Ohio State's on the road this year. How do you think this team ends up record-wise? Uh and, and do they, you know, do they get in the playoff again?
2: Well, it's I mean <laughs> you know, preseason predictions, uh, they're like preseason polls. They, they, they mean <laughs> absolutely nothing. So if I'm, if I'm completely wrong, uh, that's, that's my caveat for getting a, an easy out. Um, I think they go to Ohio state with 11 wins. Um, Penn state, I think is it, it, they're, they're, they're not a team that is going to contend for anything this year, Michigan state. That's always kind of a toss up, but I think The motivation coming out of last year, the fact that that was the only loss and it's at home, I think that's going to motivate these guys. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is obviously going to be very motivated um, with his record against uh, Michigan State as well as against Mel Tucker. And, you know, so I think those are going to be tough games, but I put those in the win column for Michigan. That trip to Iowa. Uh, That's one of those where you just never know what's going to happen. I mentioned it earlier. I think they've got an inept offense. They're trying to find out who's going to be the next running back. Well, it's Iowa. They're going to find one. They're going to have a good offensive line. What they do with the quarterback position, how they've developed that um, over the past, you know, what, four months, four or five months will determine how tough that game is. Uh, But that's a tough environment to play in. I think Michigan does come away with a win. So they go into Ohio State 11 uh, 11 0. And then, I mean, it's been what, 22 years since they've won in Columbus? I think it's going to be a great matchup. But going into the season, if anybody tells you, hey, that's a win for Michigan, (laughs) um, they haven't played in that game. They don't know what that game means to Michigan, what it means to Ohio State. And the fact that it's going to be down there. You guys are going to really push me on this one, aren't you? Um, I, I've, it's going to be a hard, it's going to be a tough win to go down there and get a win. Uh, do I think it's possible? Yes, but if you ask me in the preseason right now, with Jackson Smith and Jigbo, uh, Travion Henderson uh, filling in some guys on that offensive line, the fact that it's in Columbus, we have yet to prove we can win down there. I'm going to say 11 and one um, is my prediction on this season.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think that game, the end of the year in Columbus, it's always difficult. Ohio State's offense is loaded again. Uh Michigan now is a year of tape on the on film with their defense. So there's a lot, there's a lot to go off of there for Ohio State's game planning. So yeah, I tend to lean I agree with you there. And I think the guys here agree as well. Yeah, we haven't done our full uh predictions yet.
0: We we will. That will probably be part of the same episode that uh this interview is on. But you know, it's just it almost becomes a math problem where Michigan, you know, on paper, it looks like they have a pretty good chance at winning those first 11 games. But to actually do it in succession and, and go 11 to no is is much, much harder uh, than it than it actually appears. But each individual game, you know, which ones are you p- picking Michigan to lose? You you could say Iowa, you could say Michigan State, you could say you know, there, there are games you could say, but Michigan will be. Uh, favored in those games, we, if you want to put it that way, as far as the odds makers, they'll they'll be favored in their first eleven games. So uh, you could, you could see uh, the momentum, you know, carrying over from last year.
2: Yeah, and I I don't know when you guys are going to air uh, this episode, but uh, we're recording before <laughs> they elect captains, and okay. I think when we find out when who the captains are, um uh, and then we see. How they treat the first three games, and they treat that Maryland game, you're going to get a better idea of what Michigan's record is going to be going into Columbus. You're going to also get a much better idea of what it's going to be coming out of Columbus.
1: Fair point, John. Appreciate the time, man.
2: Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, this this was great. And you know, you said that uh, you know you're painting a picture for those people who are not watching the game, but I know the three of us often uh, have our headphones on. Uh, in in the press box while we're watching what's in front of us it's usually you guys are a, a play behind but it's still it's still very helpful to you know pick up on things that you know we didn't we didn't even see uh live so we we look forward to listening to you
2: well i, I appreciate it and I, I i look forward to it and i always take constructive criticism so uh feel free to let me know when uh when something wasn't right or if something needs to be better
3: all right i'm sure you guys guys will do great and yeah obviously you do a great job with the in the in the trenches podcast and on on weekday mornings on 97 one the ticket as well
2: thanks man we'll talk to you guys soon
3: all
0: right see
2: you soon all right
1: thanks john